This is Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Mark. And in an unusual turn of events, this episode features something a little different. I have 80% of the band Carver Commodore on the show. So that's lead singer and guitarist Peyton Pruitt, lead guitarist Philip Blevins, multi-instrumentalist Clayton Christopher, and bassist David Smith Jr. We'll give drummer Noah Freeman a pass due to having a baby and everything. So we immediately start off with the tough questions. Roll Tide or War Eagle? After a tense moment or two, we relax and discuss how this five-piece band from all over the state of Alabama got together. They're on stage near Misses, one of the guys rescues a truck in the middle of the episode, and I find out who Carver Commodore is, or was, or was supposed to be. The band's got a great sound that is always evolving, but always recognizable as Carver Commodore. The band and I have their friends Monsoon to thank for all of this, which makes this one of my favorite kinds of episodes, the referral of sorts. So these guys have new music in the works as well as touring. So get out there, see the shows, buy the music, spread the word about Carver Commodore. Follow them on social media. They're pretty easy to find. And you can follow us at Performance Annex on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to reach out there or email us at theperformanceanxietypod at gmail.com. You can help the show out with a cup of coffee at ko-fi.com slash performanceanxiety or you can buy stuff with our logo at performanceanx.threadless.com. Now open your ears for the new sounds of Southern Rock with Carver Commodore on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. All right. Uh, I can start. All right. Uh, my, name, my name is Peyton, and this is Performance Anxiety, uh, the podcast, and I'm going to promote Carver Commodore, the worst disco band in the world, um, but the best Southern disco band in the world. Ooh. <laughs> Love it. All right, who's up next? Who's right, up? I'm Philip. I am uh, promoting, well, let's see. I'm Philip. This is Performance Anxiety Podcast. Excited to be here. This week, I'm promoting coffee. I'm a bean ag. Mm. Gotta admit it, I just left a coffee shop. Mm. I need help. <laughs> help. Bean ag. I love it. Yep. <laughs> I'll go. I'll find short and sweet. How about that? Because I don't know what to promote on here. So I'll just say I play bass guitar in Carver Commodore and you are listening to Performance Anxiety. That's that's my plug. Wow. That was beautiful, David. Thank you. My name is Clayton. I play keys and guitar in the band Carver Commodore. And I'm going to promote the chicken parmesan. I'm going to be cooking for dinner tonight. Ooh. Oh, Mouth. That's really, really getting crazy. Really getting yeah. crazy tonight. Y'all. I can get behind oh, that. <laughs> Man. You know what I'm going to, I have a good promotion. I'm going to promote Valley Fellowship Christian Academy's basketball team. Cause I'm about to go to their basketball game after this. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. That's where, that's All where right. works, isn't it? Well, that's where my wife. Well, the season might be over by the time this comes out. So we'll see. No. <laughs> <laughs> Next year. They'll feel it. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good, good. I'm going to ask one time. Roll Tide or War Eagle? Oh, man. That's a... a, Well, you're Roll Tide. I see that. (laughs) You got everything. I'm going to say Roll Tide. All right. What's that for us? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Somewhere between the, somewhere between the hat and the mug, I, 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 
I felt the tide come in. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> you didn't see my uh, football with Chris Samuels, Freddie Millens, and Sean Alexander's autographs on it. No, I didn't. <laughs> but, hey, that, I just, <laughs> I'm going to take this hat off because it doesn't really fit with these headphones. <laughs> there we, there you go. But I actually do wear this every nice. day. So my brother graduated in '99, so okay. I didn't, I didn't go. Uh, I went to a, a school for photography, and they didn't have a whole lot of sports there, so I just adopted his team. So there you go. Rose Todd, man. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I have no idea how many people are joining in on this one. So, um, if you. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're missing Noah tonight. He's got the baby. So okay. He's got a baby. Oh. All right. Well, guys, I thank you so much for coming on. This is, it's not often I get uh, 75 or 80% of a band on. It's, hey. Uh, it's usually yeah. just one person. So this is awesome. We love it. Any excuse to hang out together, we'll take. Yeah. We never separate ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the one thing that I will mention is that if more than one of you guys talks over each other, it cuts one of you out. So just be mindful of that because otherwise I get weird, disjointed conversations. And it's, it's, it's a weird edit that I got to do. So. so, but that being said, basically every question is going to be to each of, you know, whoever wants to answer it. I'm going to kind of throw it up, except for the first one. I, I wonder how each of you guys got into music in the first place. Was it something that was in the house a lot when you were growing up? Or was it, is it something that's new to you? Because I've heard it every just about every single way on this podcast well i'll, I'll throw somebody out there um clayton let's let's start with you how did how did you get into this whole thing so i started playing guitar when i was 10 took lessons for a few years i was a big drake and josh fan which <laughs> may not be a good thing now but uh i thought drake was the coolest dude ever and i was like I gotta, I gotta learn how to play guitar. I gotta be like this guy. <laughs> so started learning guitar at 10 and then picked up a few other instruments along the way. And then always knew from the beginning, I wanted to be in a group, some sort of band, and, yeah. you know, play with other people. I didn't have the, the voice to be a solo artist, nor did I want to do it by myself because I enjoyed playing music with my friends. So that's, uh, okay. that's kind of what got me into music. All right, David, what, what about you? Oh, sorry, my son's. All right, there we go. Um, yeah, no, I grew up. My dad was massively influential on me. Uh, he was a singer and um, artist in general and was in some bands and stuff. And, you know, he just got me and my sister and brother really into, like, hair metal and, like, 80s rock and stuff. That was kind of what we grew up on. And I then, like your dad. Um, yeah, and then, and then once uh, I got a little bit older, there was a show on MTV um, that this band called cartel did. And it was Dr. Pepper presents band in a bubble with cartel. And it was on MTV and it was just them like on a pier in New York and they had to write an album. They couldn't leave the bubble. They had to write an album. Oh and I watched, gosh. I saw an episode of this show and I faked sick from school one day because they were doing a marathon of the whole show. So I faked sick so that I could stay home and watch the whole show in its entirety on MTV. And after that, I was probably like 12 at that point. And then after that, I just wanted to be in a band so bad because it looked like so they were having so much fun together, oh, like wow. stuck in this bubble writing an album. So then I ended up, my cousin lived with, with us at the time and I ended up stealing his guitar whenever he was out of the house and learned how to play on his guitar and, oh, you nice. know, the rest 
just you know meant to be and but now now you know it's better about being stuck in a bubble with a whole bunch of other dudes trying to write an album it looked more glamorous on the on the show than you know <laughs> a, a, hours at a time and stuff like that but i still love it honestly all um, right one of the best parts of being in a band for sure all right peyton what about you man so i grew up listening to all kind of different music my dad was more of like the classic rock guy. I live and grew up in Muscle Shoals, which has like got its own music history. And stuff. I so, just watched that documentary yeah, today. Dude, yeah, it's a great documentary. And he kind of taught me that history and stuff growing up. And then my mom listened to like more pop radio and rap and, and stuff. So kind of got the country and rock stuff for my dad and the, the pop and, and hip hop stuff for my mom. And then when I was like 12, I started playing guitar because a friend of mine at school started playing guitar and it was just something to do. And I was like, we were kind of like competing a little bit. Okay. And so just, just something to do. Started learning ACDC songs and I loved it and I kept doing it and he kind of gave it up after a while and the rest is, <laughs> is history, I guess. I started writing songs when I was like 16. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah. I just out of out of necessity because I wanted to be in bands and there was a, I went to a really small school and lived in the country. So it was kind of like I had to write the songs and I had to be the singer because nobody else would do it. So started doing that when I was like 16 and they were really bad and <laughs> they're still really bad for the most part. <laughs> well, I think a few people would disagree, uh, especially a guy <laughs> named bro moment who on one of YouTube posts says, I love most of your music. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of my first, that was one of my favorite YouTube posts ever. I love most hilarious. of your that's, music. That's all we can ever hope for is that somebody <laughs> likes most of our music. Yep. All right, or any of it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, everybody. I've got a great sponsor that I want to talk to you about. For a long time, I wondered if CBD was something that might benefit me, but I had no idea how to find out. I didn't know what products were available, what companies were reputable, and really even what questions to ask to get the answers I needed. That's why I'm so glad I found Pure Spectrum CBD. They helped me discover what CBD could do for me. They were awesome at determining what my needs were and they helped me find a starting point. I started with the tincture and the isolate, but there's also gummies, topicals, mints, and a lot more. Pure Spectrum not only has CBD products for wellness, they also have them for fitness and recovery. There's even CBD for your pets. The website has a ton of information and chat options are available, and all their products are third-party tested, and the results are available right on their website. So go to PureSpectrumCBD.com to do your own research, and when you check out Use code PERFORMANCEANX for 15% off your order. Check them out on Instagram at PureSpectrumHemp and subscribe to their email list for sales, new products, and updates. PureSpectrum, 
refined phytocannabinoid wellness products for all lifestyles. All right, Phil, what about you? And how, how did you get into the whole thing? I want to give you all a quick backstory of what's happening here right now. So, like I said, I just left a coffee shop, right? right. We got our friend Nate here. Nate has done, here, let me flip the camera around. Centurion with us. He was leaving and his truck died. So, he, oh. it's in my car and there's a little on the window. And he's like, you got to help me push my truck into the parking space. <laughs> so, I'm out here hanging out in the parking lot with Nate. But awesome. I heard most of that backstory. I think that, honestly, Peyton and I have a pretty similar background when it comes to music you know I, I grew up outside of the city limits a little bit and my brother and i started playing guitar at the same time i was 11 we both got acoustic guitars took lessons for a little bit just really loved classic rock and you know stairway was like the third song i learned oh my gosh. and i would say that like most of my background came from church music starting out our uh, former worship leader taught me how to play guitar took about, you know, three or four months of lessons there. And from there, just kind of started to teach myself guitar tabs, got an electric guitar for Christmas that year. And then it was just, you know, game over after that point. So it was all about meeting other players and forming bands and have a little jams and garage sessions and stuff. So I oh, nice. uh, formed a family band in middle school called Alice in Thunderland. Oh, uh, nice. it's a wild time. <laughs> we played like classic rock songs and stuff. And uh, just learned a lot through that and yeah, had a blast. So, I mean, very much just kind of your, your classic, just guitar player that wants to rock and roll. That's, that's my, um, upbringing with music right there. And so are you all from like the, uh, Florence Muscle Shoals area? So I'm actually the only one that's from here and that lives here currently. Okay. Um, yeah, the rest of the guys live all over the rest of the state of Alabama. You want to tell them where y'all live boys? Yeah, yeah I'm in, from, uh, go ahead, David. Beat you. I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm from Gadsden, Alabama. Oh, very familiar with Gadsden. Mm. <laughs> I'm from Birmingham. Okay. And um, I met Peyton in Florence, what was it, like 2011, somewhere around there. We kicked it off pretty well and started playing music together since then, so that's it's kind of where a lot of the origin story starts to take place as far as Carver's concerned. Okay. Um, yeah. Another kind of circling back to family. He used to play with my cousin, Abby a lot and um, they connected us and we started a folk rock band when that was like the big thing, you know, in 2011. And yeah, from there just kind of wanted to rock and roll. And I think that's where, where Carver really started to take shape after that. So is that the Abby that you guys recorded with? It's not. That oh, okay. was, you're talking about this, the fantasy song. Yeah. Yes. So that is, that is a different Abby. Okay. Um, Abby Hood is my cousin. Yeah. She, she's a fantastic singer, but Abby Holiday is who you're thinking of that yes. we featured on uh, Fantasy okay. earlier this year. She's an incredible solo artist. Yeah. That's an amazing a great song. Only cause we had to It feels like we only 
Yeah. Yes. When, when, I cool lived in, when I lived in Alabama, I was on the exact opposite side of the state from from uh, okay. Peyton. I, I was down by Dothan. So. Okay. So I was like way down south, right off of the uh, Fort Rucker gate, right in Daleville. Oh wow. So I'm a, <laughs> I'm a little familiar with some of some of the landmarks you guys might might yeah. throw out there. So, right, so how did you yeah. guys come up with the name Carver Commodore? Like, or, and what came first, the song or the band name? Uh, so the band name came first. Before we move on, though, we got to give a shout out to Noah. Yes. I mean, and tell mm-hmm. his, his quick history. Sure. Noah's from Gadsden as well. Uh, Can you do an impression? Uh, no, I can't. I'll just say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, that's my Noah impression. <laughs> Noah is from Gadsden. He oh, started playing drums when he was, what, like 15, maybe 14? Yeah. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, Started playing drums in hardcore bands, I think, and then started doing vocals in no, no, hardcore no. bands. Yeah, started not playing drums, drums at vocals. Church. Yeah. 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 Started, started playing in hardcore bands, doing vocal stuff, screaming and, and everything. And then um, I think it, somewhere along the way, somebody needed a drummer, so he started playing drums. Oh, And gosh. we kind of all grew up listening to the same, the same like music and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of the same influences for him as us. But anyways, Carver Commodore was a family name it was my great great uncle's name and uh i just i kind of heard the story my whole life that i was supposed to be named carver commodore but my parents decided not to because it was like bad luck or something oh and i never really i never really asked about that but i was like okay whatever and then when we were looking for a band name they were talking about the story at a family get together or whatever and I, i asked a few more questions and it turned out that he was like around in the fifties. And then he, um, one day said that he saw like this orb of light come down from the sky and tell him that he was going to die in like three days. So he got all his stuff in order, you know, like got all his affairs in order. And then three days later, he got hit by a car, like while he's walking down the road. So that's the story of Carver Commodore Pruitt. And then we decided to name the band that just because we thought it was unique and nobody else is going to have that band name. That's uh, for but sure. that's kind of it's kind of backfired because nobody can like, spell <laughs> or say the name most of the time. So or remember now. Yeah, or remember now we have all the bad luck. Yeah, yeah. curse so, in different ways. It, it continues. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a bad move on my part. <laughs> so stuck with it now. So how did I, I've heard how a couple of you guys met? How did the band all come together as a whole then? Yeah. So as Phil was saying, we kind of met. In, 2011 2012 started playing together and then we played together for a few years as the bear and the bride which was like our folk rock band we had moved like we had like six members in that band we had all kind of swapped places like i moved from to nashville for a while then when i moved back a lot of the other band members moved to nashville so uh it just kind of naturally fell apart and we weren't a band anymore so we decided to 
do something closer to what we've been wanting to do the whole time anyways, which is just be a rock and roll band. Okay. So we decided to do that. We kept that name for a while, had some other guys come in and play drums and bass and played a few shows and all that kind of thing. And then late 2016 or 2017, we decided on the name Carver Commodore. And then me and Phil were the, were the main two members. And then uh, we met Noah somewhere around 2014 or 15, started playing with his other band. And then just kind of slowly started stealing members from all these bands and all these places. And, <laughs> and so Noah started playing with us in 2018. Uh, he, he became our, our drummer. And then Clayton started playing with us in 2020, David in 2021. So we finally okay. rounded out the full lineup now. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. So how often are you guys, well, I mean, when you started off compared to now, have you increased the amount that you guys are playing out? Was this always something that you wanted to, to do like full time or was this kind of like a, uh, a side thing for a while or. Bill, you want to answer that? Yeah. I think we've always agreed on that. Um, with how much we like to play live and thinks that at least people really enjoy our shows. <laughs> The touring aspect of Carver Commodore is maybe one of the most important things. In 2019 or so, like right before the pandemic, we played a good bit of shows. But in 2021, I think we played like 80 wow. or something like that. Like it was it was more than we've ever had. And um, a little bit less this year, but we, that was intentional. We like kind of were a little bit more picky um, with okay. what we took, had a little bit more intention. And... Um, you know, I, I think that we all really want to to continue to grow in the in the live sense. And one of our biggest goals right now is to, you know, not only continue to do good headlining shows, but also go out and support one of our favorite artists on tour. We've gotten to do a few one-off dates here and there with some bands that we really like, like Coin. We did that earlier this year. They're they're a great indie pop band. But, you know, we really want to hit the road with someone that's compatible and uh, we could share the stage with and help elevate them, but also expose us to a new audience that um, hopefully is also compatible with us. So, you know, I say like live shows is, is definitely still a, a very important slice of the pie, especially mm -hmm. in rock music, you know, where there's a lot of energy and special moments that can't be contained within a record. Uh, and we try to get those things across through recorded music, but there's just something about, seen a band lives that is irreplaceable. So definitely something we want to continue to develop. And uh, I think holds a special place in all of our hearts, you know, is definitely it, a big desire of course. Is it tough to get everybody together since you guys are kind of spread out throughout the, like, the Northern part of the state? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it tough to, to do scheduling and, and get everybody together for practices and, and, and touring? Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Um, the idea is that, we're all rehearsed and, you know, hopefully we show up and know our stuff when we leave. But, you know, with the, the quick kind of weekend bursts of shows or week bursts of shows that we do, uh, we usually get together and, you know, do a quick rehearsal before we leave and run through some stuff if we got the time and, uh, you know, feel pretty, pretty confident about jumping in, try to be pro about it. Um, right. You know, we do have to be careful about how we plan that out. You know, we, we do want to allow time for rehearsal and stuff like that. Oh, so. yeah. But yeah, we're all basically two hours apart from each other. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> with the exception of Clayton and Noah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a, a primary songwriter in the band or does everybody chip in? Uh, now, so, so far it's definitely been uh, me as the primary songwriter. Okay. Uh, on this last record, we have, or, or this last project that we just recorded, uh, we tried just more collaboration in that, especially in the studio. Cause before it's, it was kind of like, I wrote all the songs and, and the way I write songs usually is like by fully demoing them out kind of okay. what, whatever I'm hearing in my head, I'll, I'll demo it out on logic or garage band or whatever. And so it'll come out as like a fully finished, but like rough song, you know, and then I'll send it to everybody and see what they think. And we'll make changes from there or whatever. But on this most recent project, we tried to collaborate a bit more in the studio of like, uh, be open to changes and everybody playing their own part for the first time, because, uh, we didn't have David when we had recorded our last record or the record before that. And, um, you know, just because of work schedules and stuff, I had recorded a lot of guitar on the records in the past and stuff. So, so yeah, on this, on this last record, we tried to be as collaborative as possible. And in the future, I want to do that too, with the, the songwriting portion of it as well. Okay, so so when you mean the, the last record is that Welcome to the Modern World or the uh, the new e- the latest EP, or is it something uh, that's not out yet? Something's not out yet. Yeah, uh, okay. I keep calling it a record, but it's <laughs> not a record. <laughs> not yet. When the band initially got together, and I guess Peyton, this one's more mostly for you. How quickly were you writing your own material? Is that something that you had had been doing since your your previous band and was that music that you'd already had together or were you writing fresh for carver commodore from the beginning yeah so i had written there was there was one song that was kind of left over from the bear and the broad stuff stars and galaxies so that's the first song we ever put out uh, as carver commodore if i could then i would jump up to And I wrote that song. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I wrote that song in like 2014 or something like it was, that was a long time ago, maybe even (laughs) 2013. And it was totally different when I first wrote it, totally different with the bear and the bride, that band that we put it out with the first time. But I knew when we started this band that I wanted to keep that song and do like a different version of it. So we kind of reworked it and put that out. And then I think at, at some point I'd also written blind Try my best not to notice you was taking your time But in my head I'd assume you'd never be mine I was
first record and then like active aggression or something like that was probably I, man in the, those in are two of my favorites period. off that off that, yeah, holy, that those are, I, and i wanted to mention this to you at, at one point because that album is so unique to me because it kind of sounds and and I hope this comes out the right way. It kind of sounds like if the Strokes wrote the music, but the Fame Gang played the songs. I'm, I'm down with that. That's awesome. That's a, that's a great comparison. I'll take it. So, oh, good. Because I'm just, I'm always hesitant to compare bands to other bands because, you know, everybody wants to, it's, you know, sounds unique and it's, I don't, oh, I hate that band. So I just, I'm always nervous <laughs> about that, but yeah. it's such a cool sound because it's got that sharp writing, but the, it's, it does have that su- a Southern sound to it. That's Muscle Shoals made famous. So I, I think it's two worlds that I don't, I can't think of another band that's put those two worlds together. Thanks man. I appreciate that. We can't really escape the Southern thing. At least I can't. So <laughs> And I'll tell you, uh, I love I'm K. Trying to embrace it at this point. I love K. Oh, you love K. I just wish it was longer because it kind of sounds yeah. like it's like an like <laughs> an inside joke within the band. Yeah. I don't know what that joke is. And I want to know more about it. So, yeah. It's like, so that song. was, thank you. That was, um, when I was writing thumbs up, that was just at the end of the song. That was just an outro that I had on there for some reason. Oh. Uh, and what ended up on the record is pretty much that exact thing. And then Noah recorded like live drums over it. So, okay. Yeah. It, it was always just a very short outro. I don't know if I had like, started that as the idea for thumbs up or something, or, or if it was just, you know, some extra thing that I thought of in the moment and was like, Oh, I should record this just to get it down or what. But yeah, K is really fun. We've tried to play it live a few times and it's just never really <laughs> felt right. So oh, really? it may, it may be a thing that just lives on the record forever, which is, which is cool. So the music has progressed a bit from those, that album to uh, Welcome to the Modern World, like Cancel Culture, for example. It definitely sounds like some of the earlier work, but it's different enough to, to hear progression. are able to do that you know keep what made them unique in the first place but progress because it doesn't always happen but i hear it on cancel culture um the title chat you know tell me what you want people pleaser and i can hear them anchored in the older stuff but definitely moving forward so is the new music going to be similar to what is, is, is there going to be a complete a new change is it going to sound similar different 
And how are the new um, guys chipping into the sound? I definitely think that there's a common thread between the different albums that Carver's put out. You know, even like, you know, one of the, the highest compliments that we can get is being compared in any way to the Strokes, because that's like all of us. That's like one of our favorite bands. But, oh, cool. Um, even with like the, I, I can really mostly speak to the what we've been working on over the past year, and it to me it still sounds like you know Carver. It still has that kind of garage rock vibe to it, but you know it just depends on the season of influence. I think for a lot of us, like you know, it seems like what we work we worked on this past year is obviously influenced by those garage rock bands, but then also majorly influenced by like sixties, you know, Beatles and pop from the sixties and stuff like that. So it's like, there's a common thread that I think we have as a band that we sound like Carver, whether it's a song, like uh, a heavier song, like good idea. you know a song like stars and galaxies there one's a little bit more pop one's a little bit more rock and roll but when you listen to it it's like you can still sense the dna that it's the same band which i think is really cool and something that i think comes directly from peyton as a writer too is that you know it's kind of this undeniable fingerprint that that peyton has specifically as a songwriter that there's this special commonality even between difference and inspiration and fortunately with what we worked on this past year, we all kind of knew where we wanted to land and what we were all being inspired by. And that just kind of informed how Peyton wrote and then also how we collaborated after the song's initial writing had begun. So, yeah, I I just think that we are just, we have a sound that is something rooted in that Alabama soul and then something that's, you know, you know, a bunch of boys from Alabama that, you know, got their hands on rock and roll albums from New York and, and all over and were inspired by it, but never forgot the grassroots of where we come from. Oh, I love that. I was listening to the new EP just before we got on here and I was uh, looking at some, some of the videos and one of the other common threads is a Bama shirt, which I appreciate. So thank you guys. Yeah. For the for wearing a Bama shirt in two videos. I, I really oh, I yeah. appreciate that. Gotta represent. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so so that EP too much. Is that music that was left over from the previous album or is that stuff that was being worked on for the new album? Yeah, those were the leftovers for sure. Okay. Um, we recorded seventeen songs in the sessions for Mel- Welcome to the Mo- Modern World. And I think they don't know which is on the too much ep may have been like the first completed song from those sessions
Oh wow! So yeah, so there was that, a lot of those songs were like yeah, Jeff Garland, the, um, mm-hmm. I don't know something okay. We're all in like the first round of sessions. So yeah, they're very early on I, a part of that record. I really like Jeff Garland, and it's actually not even his first mention in this podcast. So <laughs> that's funny, which is kind of <laughs> weird. He, uh, I had a previous guest on a lady named Beth Jeans Houghton from the UK and she was, uh, I guess in LA and her guitar got stolen and he liked her music. So he bought her a guitar. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. What a guy. So what a guy. <laughs> I know. So our so, story to that is when we were Garland, people started tagging him in the Instagram post and he commented on it and just said, so Oh, I, you cut out what, what did he say? You cut out just as you, you were oh. going to say what he said. Yeah, he commented on the post and just said, I dig. And uh, so that's uh-huh. the official from Jeff Garland is just, quote, I dig Jeff Garland. That is. Um, <laughs> he gave his, his blessing as far as we're concerned. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to get tagged again in this because I tagged him in that other one. And he's like, what the fuck is going on with this podcast? <laughs> Blow that man up. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of forget about this, but on the EP, the last song, Devil May Care, we actually recorded separate from the rest, too. Oh. Um, as a, an idea Peyton had at some point after everything was done. Like, and what did we do that last early this year? Yeah, January, like January February. Yeah, I think That's I wrote that song around this time last year, or like maybe even in January of this year. So. It was a light addition for sure. She had an eye like the sky, white, spread blue and white, watching every little move shine steady, burning bright. She was a pretty good liar, pretty good at picking fights, never got cause only done was under cover of the night. That's you know that kind of makes it does sound a little bit different from everything else on the album. So that makes a lot more sense to me now that you said that. So, Mm -hmm. but what I I love the mix that you guys get of the heavy and the light. I mean, some of my favorite bands do that, like like placebo, Mm -hmm. and also you get these amazing mixtures of this heavy and and light music, and it it draws me in, and I love it. Thank you. So what's next for you guys? I know we're running short on time here. What What's going to happen in 2023? We're in December at this point of 2022. What's the next year looking like for you? Yeah, we're just going to put out more music, play more shows. That's our big plan. Um, we've got some cool stuff. I like it. Happening in January uh, that we're going to that we're going to do for this next project. And yeah, we're just we're excited to keep moving forward. Um, I'm sure I'll start writing more for, for another record and all that stuff and in the meantime. But yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the plan is just to keep doing our thing for sure. Well, <laughs> I missed you guys when you came up to the pie shop in D.C., unfortunately. I wasn't able to, oh, to get there. But how was it? I've, I've only been there once, and that's when I shot Monsoon and the uh, band The Ritualists. So well, how, yeah. how did that's you guys how like I it? found you, actually. Because yeah. we played with Monsoon before. And they are awesome. They're yes. so good. And 
I guess I saw you maybe through something that they posted. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This guy likes great music and it's like reviewing stuff. <laughs> Dude, like that was a great show. And that's a super cool venue too. It's like a good size. There was yeah. only, you know, 30 or 40 people there, but it felt really full because of that. Cause you know, it's kind of intimate. It is and tight. So narrow. Um, yeah. It was a blast. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was kind of curious when you just, there's, you know, there's five guys in the band, like how is it? They're gonna fit everybody on stage, man. That's a little man. That's a tight. It's a miracle. It's a tight fit, for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we we used to running all over each other and hitting each other's headstocks. And <laughs> I think was that the show that Peyton you hit David in the head with your headstock, or was that another show? Probably. I think that. It, I mean, it happens all the time, <laughs> you know. But I'm sure it happens. We always end up like bumping into each other. What's what's really interesting too is that we all have like this chemistry on stage that like we'll narrowly miss each other to the point where people think that we've choreographed like yeah. <laughs> our playing. Like people think that like oh like do you and Peyton do that intentionally or do you and Clayton do that intentionally? They ask me that all the time, and it's just kind of this like chemistry that we all naturally have with each other that, you know, we narrowly miss each other, but sometimes there are moments where a headstock gets, somebody gets hit in the face, <laughs> but so goes on. And it's just, just part of being in a band. So. Maybe it's the ghost of we, Carver Commodore protecting you guys. That's right. Mm. I think you're on to something there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, how can people follow the band, uh, follow social media websites and, and find out about new releases and shows and tours and stuff? Yeah. Just yeah. Or, um, I, at Carver Commodore on Instagram, we're on uh TikTok from time to time. We're on Facebook for anybody that's, you know, like anywhere you can find us anywhere, obviously. And then carvercommodore.com for tour information and merch and all that stuff. And, um, but yeah, just at Carver Commodore, that's the beauty of having such a unique name is that you get all of the, uh, all of the at Carver Commodores on every platform because it's also, <laughs> yeah. it uh, that's <laughs> having a unique name for sure. That's yeah. true. That's a good point. Well, uh, first of all, thank you for joining me on this is good. This has been so much fun and I've loved getting to know the music. It's, oh, it's so good. Thank you. And I can't Thanks, wait to man. come back to the us. area. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, um, have a good evening and roll tide. Uh, yeah, roll tide, man. Man. Bye, man. See, See you, man. man. See ya. See ya. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 